0: Hello and welcome to the Gagan Press, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. My name is Andrew Hedspeth. Over the next half an hour or so, we're talking all things Liverpool FC. Uh, it's been a difficult week. Um, with me, as always, is my... I was going to call you a sidekick there. Let's go with topist of top reds, as usual. Uh, it's the only man more jacked than that picture of Fernando Torres that popped up on Twitter last week. It is, of course, oh, yeah. Mr Alex Purdy. Uh, How are you, sir?
1: Yeah, good. So I've got the abs of Mo Salah and just generally yep. jacked of Fernando Torres. Did you see that picture of him, by the way? Oh, of course. It was everywhere, yeah. Mental. Yeah. I- I'm happy for him because he looked happy and it's been a while.
0: <laughs> My initial instinct was that it was like a weird Photoshop thing because... Yeah, just, yeah same. Uh, I'm sure I've seen him relatively recently and he didn't look anything like that. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. Well done, him, for getting in shape in lockdown. Putting us all to shame uh and also she's back again i am joined today by the wonderful emma sanders how are you
2: yes i'm good it's great to be back nice to see you uh yeah i just went on holiday to dubai that was where i was off so um i, I mean i wish i, I wasn't actually. yeah with all the
0: influencers <laughs> and w first
2: yeah um yeah i mean I, it would would be nice to return to a podcast where we were talking about love or win but uh it's just not happening is it
0: I think it was Perds just mentioned just before we came on that it's the 10th of December was the last time we talked about a Liverpool win, which is, I mean, not great. Hmm. <laughs> let's let's get into it then. Um, well, Perds, good news. We're out of the FA Cup.
1: You'll be happy. Get in. Nah, uh <laughs> it's actually a bittersweet because we lost to our biggest rivals this time. Uh, late on as well, which is never good news. Um, But there were some encouragements to take out of it, which I'm sure we'll come on to. Um, But it probably suits us this season more than ever to go out of the FA Cup because we just don't have the squad for it. Uh, Basically, so many key players injured this season, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, let's get on to those encouraging signs then now. like Emma, is that the way you felt as well? I mean, when I was watching it, it was obviously an incredibly disappointing result. But it was a much better performance than we've seen in recent games and I don't know whether that's because the opposition obviously had to come out and play more on the front foot as compared to a lot of the sides we played recently or whether there was something else that just that just clicked a little bit for Liverpool
2: yeah I think I think there were there were bursts of, of excitement from Liverpool going forward I think the creativity and the kind of freedom that that we've seen them play with in like the last couple of years there, there was kind of like snippets of that, which I just think they've, they've really missed. And I think I described it yesterday um, as as them just sort of enjoying themselves again. And it was almost like, you know, they, they've they been so used to having the pressure on them. They, they've been the team to beat. Obviously, they're the champions. Everyone wants to beat them. And it was almost like, given the fact that United were top of the table, um, going into, obviously, you know, it was an FA Cup tie, but the fact that they were mm. like top of the table and they were kind of the, the team in form, I think it just helped Liverpool in a way to just have a kind of nothing to lose type attitude. And um, it was good to see, like, Firmino, I think, looked really sharp in the second half in particular. Um, Salah, obviously, was was sharp. He was back in on the goals. Um, good but goals it just, as well. Yeah, it was, exactly. But it just wasn't consistent still. And I think that's the thing which we're just missing. So, they're definitely encouraging signs because it shows that, you know, they can still play football and they can still score goals. Um, which is obviously the main thing, but yeah, just like, I think it's just, they just need to build momentum and they just need to get that win. And then I think after that, that, you know, that they can push on from that.
0: Perds, you obviously, you famously hate
1: the world's oldest cup competition. Did you even bother (laughs) to watch this game? I did. I did. Because as Emma said, it was just a free hit. Like we could have done anything and we came out and we looked like we wanted to play and we scored such a good goal at the start that um, I regret to inform you that I even s- almost tweeted something which is still in my drafts, which says something like, yeah, we're back. Uh, number 20's oh, incoming. Yeah, I got really <laughs> carried away after Salah's goal because I haven't seen a score in, in so long. <laughs> I thought this was it. And then we lose. Um, but it's still there. I'll just change the hashtag from hashtag Live to hashtag TotLiv, potentially.
0: Ooh okay well we will all look forward to to engaging with that tweet when it does finally come i'm so excited yeah um speaking of twitter there was obviously a pretty big reaction to that result and with all the other results over the past month uh for me it just it all looks like such an overreaction um one of the things that really stood out was the criticism that reese williams get and to be fair a lot of the sort of the bigger names and accounts on, on, on Twitter have been quite defensive of him, which is what you really like to see because he is a young lad. But I really, I mean, I can't stand any sort of hate towards him because he's he's not put himself in that position. He's been thrown into that position as a 19-year-old who's stepped up five divisions over the last year. He was playing in non-league football last season. Clearly, he's a little bit out of his depth at the moment, but he could still become a very good player and it's yeah it's it's just never nice to see that kind of pressure on an, on a player so young i mean i don't know what your what your take is on on that situation there emma
2: yeah i completely agree i think it was like completely uncalled for it was really really sad to see because um as you as you said you know he he's kind of stepping in and helping the squad out because of the injuries and i don't think anyone ever would have expected Reese Williams to have been playing first-team football for Liverpool in 2020 and 2021. So, you know, it's one of those where it's such a steep learning curve for him. He's going to make mistakes. It's it's just going to happen. And I think the sooner fans accept that, um, the better his performance will be because he's only going to perform better knowing that he's got the support of his teammates, of of the staff, of the fans, etc., but absolutely blasting him for every single mistake that he makes is just not going to help him. And I'm not being funny, but to have a 19-year-old like Reese like Williams playing and to be left in a one-on-one situation. Um, you With know, Marcus it, it, Rashford. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's just as much on his teammates as it is on him. You know? And it, it's, it's difficult because you know he's playing alongside Fabinho, who's not a centre-half himself but um... mm. and
0: and Trent Alexander-Arnold as well I don't want to shift the blame onto him either but he he's not playing at his best no, and at times not. you think he could be helping out at that in that position more and you get the feeling that if you know you had um van dijk obviously gomez or, or matip in there as well it just might be a bit more organized for him to be playing there and yeah as the yes. as the only cent- actual center back in that in that uh, back four is is quite something uh, but yeah, it is. It is depressing, and I mean, you see all these like faceless Twitter people, like giving abuse. You'll never walk alone in their bio, and it's like you can't really, you can't really have it both ways, can you? Um, but, but Another one is maybe a little bit more. Not, I don't want to say justified, but a more interesting criticism was was Tiago, and it wasn't really necessarily so much about. Him or his performance, but perhaps the position that he was playing, and there's some talk that perhaps he shouldn't be playing so deep, and maybe that he should be moved out of that number six role into more advanced area where he can sort of help dictate the attacking play more. Have you got any thoughts on that from what you've seen from him so far? Look, he
1: didn't have a great game against Man United, but there's no reason singling him out because you know a number of our players haven't been great as of late. probably do agree that he's playing too deep because he can affect the game so much more when he's playing higher. Um, but, like, who can play there now? Because Fabinho has to drop back. And then you put Henderson in there. Oh, he's injured. Like, we've got to think about our options here. And Thiago probably is one of the best ones. And he wasn't bad. He just wasn't great, which is what people are expecting now.
0: Yeah, I think if... Yeah, so if Fabinho, if Fabinho is playing centre back, which I guess is a given now for pretty much from now until the end of the season, then you've either got the choice of of Thiago or Henderson in yeah. that sort of and Henderson was role. injured, so
1: it's yeah, Thiago. And,
0: then, the and if you whichever one you play there, you lose something from them not playing, you know, in a in the in a sort of further forward role. So it is tricky. Although I do get it because I would like to see him sort of playing that that final or penultimate pass rather than just. Just trying to spray things out, oh, from, 100%. From essentially between the between the centre backs. Sometimes
1: oh, that that would be so much better. But then I'd like to see Fabinho at, at defensive midfield, but, but we just can't have it at the moment. Which is why I said Van Dijk it, back and yeah, and and Gomez and, Gomez and Gomez Gomes, and back. and back. Yeah, this I is why that... I said at the top of the show it's good that we've gone out of the FA Cup, especially this year, because we don't have the squad to compete on all fronts again.
2: Yeah, and I think it comes back to like the Reece Williams thing as well, because it must be in the in the back of the heads of these experienced players that like to provide that to try and provide that extra cover. So somebody like Tiago, who's clearly a very experienced player, will be thinking, oh, maybe I just need to drop a little bit deeper. And it must be so hard for him to switch out of that, like subconsciously, and not want to kind of provide some extra support.
0: Hmm. definitely. Uh, another thing that was trending on Twitter, I mean, this must have just been like, sort of sarcastic rival fan stuff, but Clop Out was actually trending after the game, and even the next day as well. But that's surely just, you know, like people being idiots,
2: right? I'd hope yeah. so. Nobody
0: actually believes that, do they? It's
2: not a thing, surely. It's not a surely.
1: thing.
0: Surely. Is it? Surely. No. It's,
2: it's, it's Pep Guardiola sat on Twitter at night. That's that's what it
0: is. Yeah, all his bot accounts. Now but Puds, you were you were saying to me just before we came on that you were you were fully clop out now, aren't you? Don't do this. No.
2: <laughs>
1: to be to be fair, I saw no Liverpool fans tweet that. What I did see was FSG out, which Yeah. Really, really wound me up so much.
2: Now, out oh. your feelings, Pirds? No, I really,
1: oh, just a ceiling with rage because we had this all summer. We've had it loads of times. We had it all summer and then we signed Tiago and Jota and they're the greatest owners in all the land. And then a few months later, they're the worst and they need to go and they're just rubbish and... Oh God, it's just nonsensical. Twitter is just like walking into a mental asylum and they're just talking rubbish at you and you you soak it all up because loads of people are saying it and you start to believe it.
0: That is a pretty (laughs) succinct description of how Twitter works. So yeah. But let's get on to that a little bit with uh, the FSG stuff. Um, Leaving aside everyone's everyone's desperation for a centre back right now. Are uh, the comments that uh, Klopp made, I think it was just before the last game, a little bit worrying? Uh, Emma, you'll have seen this in which he sort of mentioned, or at least seemed to hint at the idea that he he did want to strengthen, but it was it was out of his hands.
2: Yeah, I was actually in that press conference, so I heard him sort of say it. And like, because mm. sometimes when you see it written, it doesn't necessarily come up, cr- come across the same way. But yeah. um, like, obviously, like hearing it come out you know, from him directly, it was, it was a little bit different from Klopp. He doesn't tend to sort of use the, you know, I haven't been given the money to buy players card very often. So yeah, he's not Benitez. Um, yeah, exactly. So it, it it was a surprise. But then it also wasn't because he made a point of saying, look, like, it's just this is just football. Obviously, I can't go to I can't, you know, say I want to sign Lionel Messi and get Lionel Messi. That was kind of the point he was making. He was like, look, there's loads of players mm. I want to sign, but I haven't, you know, I don't pay for them out of my own money, so it's not up to me. So I think, like, the whole point of him saying, you know, it's not my decision, um, I don't think that was anything cryptic. I think he was just being like, this is just how it is. But then when he then kind of was pressed on it more and he went into, like, more detail and he said, oh, yeah, like, I want to buy a centre-half, but, you know, I've been told no. Um, that was very interesting, but... Uh, my my understanding of it was probably, he's probably got a target or two of a specific centre-back and that's not within the owner's kind of budget or or where they see it going. Yep. I I don't necessarily know and I don't think he was kind of pressed on this enough, whether, you know, let's say he went to them and said, there's a centre-half here who's like a million pound, can we get them? I'm sure that would be a yes if, if that makes sense for example. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he, he's a forward, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I sort of... I, I think it's more down to the fact that it's not necessarily he can't buy this player. Uh, sorry, he can't buy a centre-half. It's it's probably more he can't buy this specific player that he's asked for. But um, mm. yeah, that's that was just kind of what I took from it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is, it is interesting because you... you I mean I imagine that in the summer they would want to be going for a player like Diot Upamecano who is at um, RB Leipzig and and probably well he seems to be reportedly he has a he has a uh, release clause of around sort of 40 million which looks like the sort of ideal player that Liverpool might target this summer but that's not really a realistic target in January and uh, we saw yesterday that the Deloitte money league for football came out uh, yesterday I don't know if you guys saw this Liverpool were ranked fifth overall with a revenue of around 489 million for for 2020 but that is an eight percent decline on last year and with we're, we're seeing how sort of finances are being hit and i mean we can go on about sort of fsg out and, and top reds and all this infighting and stuff on, on twitter but if like it is in the middle of a pandemic and if there just isn't money to spend then there isn't money to spend and i don't i'd rather liverpool were more prudent in these situations rather than just sort of you know, spending themselves into into financial trouble just for the sake of a short-term fix. Perds <sighs> agree or disagree?
1: Yeah, look, FSG know what they're doing. If they don't have the money, then they don't have the money and they won't give it to us. They've, they've not only been unbelievably successful with us, they've been successful with the Boston Red Sox as well. I hope I'm right. Is that the right team? good
2: yeah um, <laughs> yeah it is yeah yeah so
1: they they know what they're doing like you have to trust in Klopp and you have to trust in fsg because we've seen it countless times and now we're seeing fsg out and Klopp out so i think yeah. i think there will be a centre-back coming it would just be the summer and we've got to wait which is fine look virgil's going to be back soon and then we will forget about this so just wait
2: i mean i think i think the the issue for me is that I think I completely agree. The policy has definitely worked. FSG, I think, are brilliant. You know, it's, it's worked for Liverpool. But I think that it's worked because the model has always been on investing in players that are going to fit into a system. You know, they don't buy emergency players, et cetera. I think, I think this is where the problem is, is that probably for the first time in Klopp's, you know, tenure, he's probably asked for an emergency player. Um, and like I said, I don't know who he's asked for. You know, only Jurgen Klopp will know that. But, you know, you assume he's, he's asking for a player that's, that's yeah, obviously yeah, yeah, to bring sure. in cover. And that is obviously against the usual model and the usual policy. So I don't know whether that comes into factor and whether or not it's FSG saying, look, like, this this is not what we do. This is not how we've worked so far. So it's a no from us, which is fair enough mm. because, as you said, it's worked so far. But I, like, personally, I think it is exceptional circumstances. So I think that's where, where you know, there could be a potential issue but it it's not enough for fsg out and clop out and all of all of this
0: rubbish i know all these people on twitter that have never budgeted anything more than their pocket money and now suddenly deciding (laughs) they understand the intricacies of the financial impact on liverpool's revenue exactly but yeah anyway uh there has been a lot of talk of potential emergency centre-back options if Liverpool do decide to go down that route. It looks increasingly like they won't, but in case they do, some of the names that have been touted on, on Twitter are Eden Militao, who's uh, obviously sort of been frozen out a bit at Real Madrid, could be a loan option. Uh, Sokratis, who did work with Jurgen Klopp before but has now joined Olympiakos, so that one's off the table. People have mentioned Mustafi and also uh, Nevin Subotic, another free agent who worked with uh, with Klopp at Dortmund. Any of those sound promising to you, Perds? Uh, with your Ms- Michael
1: Edwards hat on? <laughs> Mustafi just... Oh, that just reeks of so many defensive errors. Um, I don't... <laughs> oh, I don't... Yeah, Subotic, if any of them. But look, I don't think it's going to happen. Um... But yeah, sure, I take Subotic. Ed Air is probably too high profile, isn't he? This is what FSG don't want to spend the money on.
0: Well, I think the the idea with Militao is that he would come with like an upfront loan fee and potentially they'd want like a future um, permanent signing fee as well, Which and his wages, I imagine, would be much higher than, say, he one would, of the others yeah. as well. But Subotic, I mean, I have to tell you, he was released by... A Turkish club whose name I can't even pronounce. This year Try it, it was in the soup. It... <laughs> uh, no, I don't even have it in front <laughs> okay. of me. It wasn't one of the big ones. Um, yeah, and he played for Union Berlin last season. He hasn't played more than I think twenty games in the season since about twenty eleven. Uh, he's only thirty two now, but I think injuries have taken their their toll on him. So I mean, to me, it just it doesn't really scream short term fix to me but uh when i was investigating him uh on his wikipedia page it does have a personalized section which reveals that in 2010 he recorded a dance song called kings of africa so get you him know, in,
2: get, get him, in. him in for the
0: dressing room vibes is yeah. that a
1: video somewhere can someone send us that
0: i mean we're gonna have to look it out i'm sure it's available <laughs> online
2: i feel um, like our listeners should get onto that if yeah, anyone funny. finds it please tag us in twitter <laughs>
0: And I imagine it's probably going to be in, like, Serbian as well, so if we can get the translation for, uh, that, would be... <laughs> well, <amazing. someone> transcribe <laughs> it, please, yeah. Um, but, I mean, of course, that begs the very obvious question, Emma. Uh, if you had to pick any of our current defenders to record a dance song, which one would you prefer to listen oh, to?
2: Jean Matip, straight away. Aye. Bye. <laughs> There's not even any question about it because I'm not, not only the dance song, but the dance video is going to be the greatest video you've ever seen in your life. So, and you know what, he doesn't even have to do a dance video. You can just like do a compilation of all of his like moves on the football pitch, you know, like his random moves. Like the one he did against United the other day, yeah, that turned into a gif was absolutely brilliant. That one um,
1: where he's putting out the fire. Who got injured and he just went, whoa.
2: Like, I can't remember who it age. was now. It was <laughs> yeah. it was, was it was
0: like Pogba or somebody went down and did that. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Oh, Fabinho, um, that
2: was it. But, it? Fabinho. Uh, yeah. John yeah. <laughs> definitely.
0: I mean, he's just made for TikTok, isn't he? Just like yeah. all those like dance crazes <laughs> and stuff. All right, Pers. You got any other any other suggestions? I mean, we don't have to limit it to defenders. Just general Liverpool stars.
1: Well, I was thinking. Um, oh, Klopp's always good for a move then. I'll go with yeah. Klopp. <laughs> he loves the dancers.
0: Good job. Good job. Uh, I just want to think if anyone looks like they're a good singer. I don't know if I can I mean Oh
2: possibly... I reckon uh, that Chamberlain's got quite a good voice. I reckon he'd be a good little singer.
1: Yeah, a little mix.
2: R and B. Did you see sci-fi. his um
0: his lockdown moves as well? He did that video yeah. of him dancing with whichever little mix Star he's with Perry, you know,
2: he was he was out injured when he was doing that, and he was doing it in socks on slippery steps. I was like, yeah. I can't watch it. It was, it giving was like the like
0: shiniest floor. Like, yeah. well done for him for getting that surface that cleat. but still, it just looked like an ankle injury. Very, to very
2: reckless. Yeah, very reckless. I would not be happy if I was the Liverpool physio. <laughs>
0: um, okay, so from reckless dancing to reckless spending, are we saying then that? Probably Liverpool shouldn't spend. I mean, Emma, let's say it's your money. Are you, are you splashing out then for a, for a new centre-back this month?
2: First of all, that segue into yeah. reckless spending was amazing. Yeah, That's um, why they pay
0: me the big bucks. Do they?
2: You know what? I'm so blown away. I can't even remember what, what you asked. <laughs> what, what, what did you ask? Should we spend? Uh, <laughs>
0: centre-back. Yeah, centre-back before, um, before deadline day, which is on Monday, which you are covering, of course. So, yes. Do you want to see a name pop up breaking Liverpool have signed X player?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I obviously want us to bring in a centre back, but I don't want us to throw money at a centre back who we're not going to be interested in in six months. Um, so I, I think we even need to invest in one that we actually want, or we bring in um, like an experienced kind of Ragnar Klavan type defender who we know is going to be happy to come in, do the job for a couple of months, and then be a you know a valuable sort of squad member that isn't going to kick off or isn't going to cost us loads of money. And it will just kind of provide that experience to younger players as well. Um, so I think that like there has to be it has to be the right person because I think if you're just going to go and spend I don't know a couple of million on a on a centre back who with respect isn't very good, then yeah. you might as well just play Reese Williams anyway because it's more Absolutely. beneficial to Liverpool as a football club and to him. So um, I think it still has to be the right person. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at.
1: Okay, I think I fully agree. You on board here? Yeah, look, we got to caveat this whole thing, and Emma just said it like that. We have to get the right person. Like, if we sign a centre back, that's not it. We've not done it. We've not won the league. Like, he could. Loads of clubs have signed centre backs and they've turned out to be rubbish. Arsenal, you know, number of names. We can't sit here all day. Um, So it's still got to be the right person. If we can't find that, then yeah, stick with Reese Williams.
0: but we can win the transfer window, Puds and that's what matters oh, in 2021. yeah,
1: on football Twitter, let's do it. Hashtag, <laughs> we win the transfer window. It'll
2: still be better All than right. the FA Cup, though, Puds.
1: Oh, of course, anything's better than that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, it goes winning transfer window and then FA Cup and then, what? League Community Cup. Shield, League Cup <laughs> Community <laughs> Shield, yeah. All right, we'll t- take a quick break there. And when we come back, we'll be talking about uh, the two games coming up against Spurs and West Ham. Right, uh right, we're back. So next up on Thursday night is the trip to Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, it's a difficult game, but they're not unbeatable at home. They have lost two in the Premier League and they've got three draws as well. But you have to imagine, per that Mourinho is going to love this game with he's the gonna, form that Liverpool are in.
1: He's going to love a nil-nil here. It, is just, that what you're imagining? Yeah, because... Or or a win? Ah, oh, I can't see us winning, which is so upsetting. Because I always predict <laughs> Jeez, us to win. But, it's... but yeah, I know. Sorry. Um, yeah, he's yeah low block counter attack again. Um, I just don't think we'll score two goals this time like the the other game, um, and it could be a one nil Spurs. Um.
0: All right. Thanks for that depressing. note. Right. Emma got any more any more positive takes than that? Yeah,
2: I actually do have some more positive takes. Um. I I think I'm very intrigued to see how Tottenham set up for this game because I think for the first time in a very, very long time, Tottenham probably go into this game as the favourites. And that's Mm. not a position that I think we're used to seeing um, in recent seasons for Liverpool and Tottenham. So I think that could potentially shift the mentality. And I think Tottenham's players themselves would probably want to be on the ball more. They might want to play a little bit more, might be a bit more expansive. And that in itself, I think, probably plays into Liverpool's hands, assuming they can deal with obviously, you know, the clear attacking threat that Tottenham have. But I think if Liverpool can sort yeah. of, you know, take advantage of, of any spaces quite early on and get into their flow quite quickly, and you know, nick a goal or two, um, then I think, you know, I think Spurs could be in trouble. So I think I think it's about Liverpool taking their chances and being clinical. Um, But I still think if, if Liverpool sort of show up to 80%, at least of of the quality that we know that they can play with, especially going forward, um, then I I think that they're they're in with a chance. So I'm interested.
0: I love how casually you just slipped in Nick a goal or two, as if we haven't just (laughs) not scored a goal for about 10 years.
2: (laughs) I was trying to be more positive for Purge because I feel like he's a pick me up today.
1: I do. That, I that has helped. That. that has helped. But I, you know, I'd love Good. to, I'd love to agree with you, but I can't it's because okay. Mourinho's, Mourinho's just too experienced to let them come out. They're just going to sit back, I think. But thanks for trying. Right.
0: <laughs> and they have prob- potentially got the best counter-attack in the league in Son and Kane. And, and Donbélé's playing very well as well at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to say I'd take a point because we need a win here, but I think it is going to be a difficult game. I mean, perhaps being able to take confidence from from the win last month and, and the nature in which it came might be something. So, I mean, I'm just hoping for a, for a good game here before we move on to, to West Ham at the weekend, which is on Sunday, I think. Um, it doesn't get much easier. I mean, David mm-hmm. Moyes, top four challenges. Can you believe it? No, uh, They've got six well, wins in a row now. Yeah, the Moisaya.
2: That's what somebody win- somebody tweeted into BBC football yesterday uh, when I was covering their game, calling Moisaya, and that's it now. That's that's all I will ever refer to David Moisaya from name. this
0: point on. <laughs> well, he's potentially earned it with six wins in a row in all competitions. Uh, they're in great form, but maybe that's what we need. It's like are they going to come out and attack this game, give us a little bit more of the space that we need?
1: Yeah, I think I think Emma's. Uh idea that people will come out and attack us probably applies more to West Ham, so probably a bit more naive. Um, Mm. Having said that, it probably depends on the Spurs result. If we beat them, then West Ham will be like, oh God, sit back again and we won't score and blah, blah, blah. Um, So it sort of hinges on the Spurs result as well. But yeah, this is going to be tough, but the fact they could potentially be above us, which they are at the moment, hopefully spurs us on to... To beat them because we've struggled against the teams below us for some reason.
0: Mm. I've seen a lot of like people online and people I know saying like either it's too early to look at the table, um, or that we're already out of the title race. I mean, it seems to be like two schools of thought on the matter at the moment. Emma, where do you where do you fall on that? Are you someone that's not even looking at the table until like March, or is it is it all done already?
2: No, I think I think you do have to be concerned about Little position, but not enough to say that they're they're out the title race. I mean, we've seen so far this season that every team is having you know poor patches and yep. and bad periods. Um, and you know, even even Andy's dog is is getting quite worried about it. You can, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's I, I could get in trouble. You have to keep up with with the teams, and at the moment they're just about doing that. Um, all it takes is, you know, a run of five, six, seven games, you know, where you're picking up three points and you're absolutely back in the race, if not sort of leading it again. We've already seen this season that obviously City started poorly and, and look at where they are now. United struggled a little yeah. bit at the, at the beginning, look at where they're at. Chelsea have just obviously gone through a poor run of form. Arsenal were terrible to begin with and, you know, they're suddenly only really five points off fourth. Um, obviously, you know, there's there's teams around them with games in hand, but... I think, I think this is where this season is just so interesting and It's so different, is because the table is going to be move, moving all the time. And like I say, for me, um, the key is just making sure that you're in and around those teams. At the moment, yeah. Liverpool is starting to fall off them. Um, but yeah, I just think a couple of wins on the bounce and suddenly, you know, they're right back in it. So, yeah, I think be concerned, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. It is still only January.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just slightly depressing that this time last year, we probably could say that the title race was already over, yeah. um, which is a lot of nicer position to be in. Perds, um, what changes or what teams would you like to see come out for these games? Is there any sort of changes or tweaks that you want to see happen? Probably, it seems like from the reporting that Henderson will be back and Matic will be back, but I mean, with Matic, you never really know, yeah. do you? So. Good,
1: that's, um, that's huge. Definitely need Henderson back. And... It looks like Matip's sort of playing every other game, so I'd pick him for the Spurs one and rest him for the West Ham one if we had to rest him at all. Obviously, I'd rather play him in both, but the team sort of picks itself again. It has all season, um, you know. If Jota was it's back, just the, I'd 11, throw the eleven in, players that fit. yeah, yeah. Um, the weird one is Minamino not even on the bench, and I'm I'm not sure why because he has affected games recently.
0: It's weird because the last game we played really well in was the Crystal Palace game, and he had quite a good game there, I thought. Yeah. So I don't know what's gone on there behind the scenes that he's not really been involved since. We've seen Shakiri and Origi get more chances. I mean, Shakiri's
1: understandable because he's, he's pretty good. Origi. I oh, so get just, me Yeah, no, move on.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, it's a make or break run now, I would say probably looking at the next month of month of games. We've got uh, following Spurs There's West Ham obviously the weekend, then some hopefully respite at home with Brighton, then it's Man City away to Leicester, away to Leipzig and home to Everton that all comes before the 20th of Feb. Um, you're looking at that and you're saying probably if this doesn't really go to plan, it's it's curtains, isn't it Emma or am I being overly dramatic there?
2: No, I, f- I think you're right and, and this this is what I was kind of referring to earlier is that you don't want this period to go on any longer. And while I say you know there's still a lot of time um, by the end of feb, you know there has that is a lot of you know, games to play. so um, the situation can change a lot in the space of four weeks. Um, so I do think, you know, I think Liverpool need to start picking up some results. But mm. I, I, I don't think you can you can start throwing the hat into one competition and not the other. I think, you know, Liverpool have to focus on both the Premier League and the Champions League. I don't think you can prioritise one, one or the other. Um, because even if Liverpool fall out of the title race... They need to they need to secure top four for next season. They need to make sure that they're in the Champions League. But then I also think you can't you know you can't just throw away you know a European competition where you could potentially you know win a win a huge cup in five yeah. six games. So um, I'm not I'm not of this opinion of you know you prioritize one or the other. I think you know Liverpool are at that stage now as a club um, despite all the injuries. Um, that they have to be competing on, you know, at at least two fronts, which is the Premier League and the Champions League every season without fail. Um, That that has to be, yeah, that has to be the the case for me.
0: Last season with these kind of games, you'd see that run of fixtures and Liverpool would just maybe not blast their way through, but at least sort of grind out wins and results. And not just last season as well, the season before that. And it's the first time in a few years now that I, I sort of look at a run of fixtures and get a little bit worried about it. Heard, are, you, are you seeing the return of the of the mentality monsters, or is that <laughs> is that run of fixtures looking quite alarming to you?
1: That is alarming. the The one that sticks out actually is Brighton, because mm. we've dropped points to the bottom six so many times. And you say that's respite, but we'll probably see it as that as well, and go into it like just slow and nil nil and yeah. But the City at home game yet again looks like you know the Premier League final whoever wins that <laughs> wins the title
0: really okay well let's let's earmark that one then um all right just before we go then should we get predictions for the two games then uh Emma let's get your two then first Spurs and West Ham what are you saying
2: two really tough games um I like I said as, as positive as I was earlier about Spurs um I just don't know. It it could go one of two ways. I think it's either going to be a two nil Spurs or it'll be you know a a one 0 smash and grab Liverpool. So, I'm 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 going to go with with two 0 Spurs to be honest, cause I I think <sighs> I, was I think so.
0: Hoping you're going to be positive there.
2: I know. Well, the the thing is, I I think I think Klopp will, put, you know, potentially look at that and maybe look at Matip and um, Henderson and potentially save them for West Ham because I mm. think. That is maybe a real, you know, a realistic opportunity there to go and, and get three points. So um, I just think, yeah, I, I, I'm going going to win for Spurs, a win, uh, a win for Liverpool against West Ham.
0: Okay, uh, birds, tell me right. something slightly more positive.
1: Uh, well, I was going to go four-one Spurs. <laughs> <I thought laughs> oh God! To, no, that, the, the yeah. Dejan Lovren game exactly, but then after that, you know. It rest is history but i'll go 1-0 liverpool to change it up um and i'll go 2-1 against west ham two wins
0: okay nice i will also say 1-0 liverpool against tottenham and then i think it might be a draw with west ham let's say 1-0 there oh, um yeah i know i just <laughs> let's see anyway let's just see how it goes guys oh. don't have to win every game f- yeah, down. we'll be fine. Um, all right, just before just before we go then, just to put some perspective on everything, I wanted to ask you both, what's the actual lowest you've been as a Liverpool fan? We've seen a lot of talk of people on Twitter losing their minds, calling for Klopp out, saying this is the worst they've ever seen Liverpool play. I mean, what's the actual worst you've ever felt as a Liverpool fan, Pirds? I, mean, um, you're, I... Only, you're only 12, so this... Yeah, now. It actually is it, isn't
1: think it? Um, I mean, I mentioned the four-one Spurs that probably sticks out most, but then it's the back end of the the Rogers era where we were just. Uh, did we lose like to Hull like consecutively? Like in yeah. the league, yeah, around that time, that might have even been Klopp. I can't remember. They all blur into. Yeah, the Problem with that was just the,
0: twenty. The, it went from second to yeah to nothing in such a yeah, sort, it, short space of time. Yeah, yeah well, the yeah, we're in the
1: so high. yeah we were. What, top on Christmas uh no, top on New Year's Eve because we'd beaten Man City one nil and then just the wheels came off in such I think that's the last time we went on a run with no wins in five. So it's now or then is my oh lowest. God.
0: Emma.
2: Yeah, it's I'm kind of along Purds' line because I was thinking, you know, maybe it's Roy Hodson unveiling Contres- like, you know, Paul Kontresky, maybe maybe that's a serious downer. But actually at that point That's it for me. Yeah, but then kind of like my feeling is that at that point, expectation was so low anyway that I don't feel, I felt the same kind of like, you know, oh my God. Whereas I think Perds is right. Like with the Brendan Rodgers era, it was that huge drop-off in such a short space of time from being on such a high that I remember mm. like, you know, that defeat against against Chelsea, which obviously essentially us the title. And then obviously that, you know, the following defeat against Palace. Those two games and Luis Suarez crying and like, I don't think anything has ever hit me in the gut in the same way that, that those two defeats did because I genuinely, for the first time in my life, thought Liverpool are going to win the Premier League. And then, yeah. you know, you go from that high to then just being like, oh my God. And like, I don't think anything will ever compare with that blow. So that for me is probably the lowest.
0: I mean, yeah, it's a good answer. It's a fair answer. I mean, still for me, it's probably that Hodgson and then into the... I know Dalglish did his best to turn a lot of it around, but it's that sort of just doldrums of those years and just getting like horrible and the end well actually from the end of the bonitas era Hodgson, and and then even the start of the rogers era just that period of just essentially feeling like an upper mid table side and just making these cup. horrible signings i mean we did we did win our league <laughs> and cup.
2: we reached an FA got final but
0: uh yeah we lost yeah. to chelsea didn't we? yeah i mean <laughs> it was i mean there's always yeah some a little bit of perspective I there
1: just throw one more in just to see how you guys felt about it. The 2018 Champions League final. I was nearly in tears.
2: I I was I was alright because it was like getting there. I I didn't expect it. So yeah, yeah. it was it was Same. awful. But because I think Salah got injured so early on as well. Not to be all like gloomy, but I think as soon as Salah went off injured, I was like, this is going to be a tough game here. So and it
0: yeah, it was a gut punch, but it felt in the bigger picture like we were building something as well. Yeah. Like it yeah, was yeah, yeah. it was the start of something rather than the end. Whereas yeah, like said with before with the Rodgers one that just felt like oh god everything's just falling apart now yeah yeah fair I enough
1: I was just so caught up in the fairy tale that we're actually going to do something in my lifetime because i have not seen it the only thing I've seen us win was the League Cup because yeah. I was asleep but, for the 05 Champions League final <laughs> yeah but now you have
0: you've seen them Yay. win everything first yeah <laughs> now more? you can yeah <laughs> and that is essentially football in a yeah, nutshell we will uh <laughs> Leave on that then. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Please drop us a review, subscribe, all that stuff if you can. Uh, we'll be back again next week where we will be talking about probably the signing of a big centre-back on deadline day. Or probably not. And also talk through the performances against uh, Spurs and West Ham. Uh, that's it from me, Andrew Hedspeth. Uh Thanks to Alex Purdy. Say goodbye, Purds. Goodbye. And thanks again, Emma Sanders. Say goodbye. See you later.